0: hello everybody and welcome to episode 59 of the stacy west podcast i am ben as ever and i'm joined by gary how are you getting on i'm a good man I'm doing very well, my friend. Very well, indeed. It's
3: it's an odd situation for me. Cause if you hear papers rustling in the background, we've actually got a, a studio guest yeah. in. Um, and she's just passed me a message asking me if I'm recording now. So that's what the uh, the paper shuffling is in the background. But she's <laughs> not going to be on air because she knows nothing about football. Fair enough. Actually, no, maybe we should get her on, actually. <laughs> she might do better than me and you. Yeah, it could be
0: interesting. Um, yeah, yeah uh, so how how have we been? I mean, I know it's been... It's been an odd week, hasn't it? Because I was going to say, let's talk about Bolton, but but we can't because it didn't really happen um, about... It didn't happen, did it? Yeah. It didn't happen. Was it yeah. about 10 o'clock? About 10 o'clock, half It 10? was actually at ten
3: ten forty five. I was... Um, I got up early to watch the World Cup semi-final rugby because I don't care about it until England look like they're going to do well. And then I jump on the bandwagon. Um, and I also missed the first 20 minutes and, and Fee was watching it and she was getting quite excited. So I came down and I kept looking at my watch and Marcus Needham was absolutely certain that the, uh, the, the game was going to be called off. And, and I thought that he was talking crap because, well, it's Marcus, isn't it? Um, and he was absolutely, you know what I mean? I, I love Marcus to bits. He's a great yeah. guy. Um and uh, and then Andy Pearson joined in, which made me think it was definitely going to go ahead. Uh, and I got in the car and I started the engine and uh, Michael Horton tweeted out that, that there was a pitch inspection. And at that point, I thought, well, it's not going ahead because obviously Marcus and Andy had been on the nose saying that there was going to be a pitch inspection. And that was 40 minutes before there was one. So at that point, I uh, I thought an afternoon of putting up my feet and chilling out and it didn't work out like that. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, I I, um, I got a text, well, I got a phone call actually from somebody, um, I think literally like a couple of minutes after the pitch inspection was due and he just went, yeah, game's off, mate. Don't bother. So, oh, okay, fair enough. And then, yeah, sure enough, a couple of minutes later, it was all over the internet. So, uh, yeah, it was disappointing. I mean, let's be fair. It was, you, you could see the pictures, you could see the footage of, of how it was. I mean, bank actually flooded um, on sunday didn't it sort of straight after well the morning after so it was um it seemed like it was the right call to make it looked like it was flooded around the stadium um you couldn't play football on that no matter how many bolton fans were convinced that they would played worse at under 11's level you know down the down the local wreck it was like well yeah but it's it's a mess you can't play professional football on that so yeah i, I didn't really do a whole lot i mean i've i've been Trying to plow through a video game for review, which is now up and I can now talk about it. Um, but I'm sure people won't want to hear about that uh, on this podcast, at least. But uh, yeah, I basically put about 50 hours into a game over the past two and a half weeks. I am I love it, but I never want to play it again at the minute. That's That's where I am with it.
3: That's fair enough. Well, we ended up doing the spare room in the uh, later afternoon, and I, I got my uh, my pictures up of Elliot Whitehouse and Bozzy Bosie at Wembley, and, and Theo scoring against Oldham. And no sooner had I got them on Twitter than the tweet was liked by he who shall not be named. Oh, fair enough. See, yes, I thought that was quite nice.
0: He still does care. He still cares. Of course, he does. Yeah, and I'm sure you'll be. I'm, I'm sure.
3: I'm not having this debate. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going back here again. <laughs> um, At the end of the day, of course he
0: does. uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, it, it feels weird because we obviously had, um, we obviously had this sort of big gap in between football anyway, um, between what would have been Bolton and the next home game. And it's like, well, well, sorry, home league game, I should say. Um, but now it's like there's. It's almost like there's been two months between home league fixtures, and obviously the Berry game would have fallen in the middle of that, and we would have had a bit of a, you know, a little bit of an away break, a uh, well spell of away fixtures, and then a little one home game, and then a spell of away fixtures again. But it feels really weird knowing that we've not got any, uh, any league football at, at the bank for two months. It's just, mm. yeah. What well, what are you gonna Cook do? Me.
3: I'm gonna love it. And that's the honest truth. Do you know what? I love Lincoln City. I love going to watch the games. It's a great day out. But when I get a Saturday here at home, I love it. And bear in mind I spend five days a week working from home. Um you would think that I'd be desperate to get away, but I genuinely, genuinely love my Saturdays at home. And um yeah, I'll uh, I'll go I mean I'm going to some of the away fixtures, obviously. I'm going to certainly going to Burton. Um going to one or two of the other ones, but at the end of the day, you know. Football or no football, I, I love it, and I write about it, and I talk about it. But when it's not on, I can busy myself. Ben, don't you be worrying about me.
0: Fair enough. Well, I wasn't worrying. I was just checking. You know, we
3: I mean, should be worrying.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I don't know if we're going to get a chance to go to to many of the away games. I'd like to, but it just uh, a lot of it's going to depend on work. I'm, I'm sadly I'm working for the Ipswich game, um, so I'm not going to be able to get to that one. Uh, which you know, there is a part of me that hopes it's on telly, but I don't think it is.
3: Um, no, it's not. Have you not seen? No, no, I've not seen it. No, it's not. Is tele- it no, not the FA Cup game. Uh, I don't know, to be honest. I just know we weren't picked. Uh, okay, fair enough.
2: One of those sensationalist
3: echo headlines that seizes on a story and makes it into something that it's not, <laughs> you know, like imp snubbed again yes. in television shocker <laughs> uh, or something. I, I thought it would be televised, but when you think about it rationally, they, they probably want to get some of the romance of the cup. Yeah. And although um, Ipswich are the biggest team at that level, if, if Ipswich were playing Morecambe, maybe it might have been on. If Ipswich were playing anybody in the non-league, it would definitely have been on, uh, as we were, obviously, when we played them in uh, the third round, which, you know, but as we were with Oldham, for instance, as well. So, um, yeah, there we go. I, I don't take offence. People take offence, don't they? Yeah. Lincoln snubbed again. And I think, Jesus, after the three years we've had, we were on telly in the conference season or the National League season more than Emmerdale. That's that's, <laughs> that's not a fact, but it's true. Um, we were. And, and people kind of now going, oh, you know, we're getting snubbed. We always get ignored. Jesus. It's been, it's been, what? a few months of being ignored we weren't on telly last year no but we won the league do you know what i mean so we still got plenty of coverage there was still the everton game we were still in the papers
0: yeah
3: some people we need to, some fans and i'm not criticizing all fans but some people just need to get over it you know we're just one football team in in 92 and we've just had ours you know when was the last time you saw rochdale on television or or somebody like that
0: yeah yeah, I mean, probably
3: someone will tell me now they've been on this year in the club. But
0: whatever. <laughs> like a, a few friends of mine, they um, from from uni when I was uh, when we were sort of going through our little purple patch. There was a uh, a few a few messages every now and then just saying, "Christ, when are your guys ever off the telly?" And then of course now oh. it's like, "Well, yeah, you know, I've." I've Apparently, I've got to rely on my other team to get on the telly. I guess, Gary. Before you, before you get that digging, um, I'm going to get that digging. <laughs> I'm
3: going to say that. I don't know what you think of me. It's not me that digs at you. It's our chief executive.
0: Well, yeah. All right. Fair enough. Um, I did get absolutely roasted by Liam uh, on Twitter this week because it was, it was. Pitch perfect. To be fair to him, um, he started following me on Twitter, and he said, "Oh, I didn't realise I was. Uh, I didn't realise I wasn't. Sorry." So I said, "Oh, I took your time." And he said, "Yeah, I just thought your uh, your, your tweets were going to be as long as your podcast analogies," and I just thought that is absolute top True. tier.
3: Spot on. Yeah, should, should we talk about some football? Because we're nearly eight minutes in, and all we've basically done is rambled
0: like two people sat in a pub. Well, yeah, I'm a bit lost though. Like, we've, without football to talk about from the weekend, I'm a little bit lost. But we'll. well I'm not. You can be quiet then. I'll talk. About... <laughs> okay. Well, you can uh, if, you, if you want to introduce uh, what's going to happen. Uh, well, what we think is going to happen against Wimbledon, because um, we're also going to talk about uh, when you met Mr. Appleton on Monday. So we uh, yeah, we'll, we'll go through Wimbledon first.
3: Yeah, um, obviously, I've been. People are going to look at this, and they're going to go, "This is the sort of game we should be winning." And a large part of that is true. It is the sort of game we should be winning. They are um, below us, I believe, in the league. Um, they certainly were, I think, last time I checked. Um, they they struggle to create chances despite their results. I mean, I know we talk about XG, and look, yeah, I know it's not the be-all and end-all, but XG is a good indication of how many chances you've created and what quality they were. Mm. Uh, and against Burton Albion, they lost 1-0 um, against Burton Albion uh, in their last game, and they had an XG of 0.4 against Burton Albion's 1.67. When they played Portsmouth their uh, next year of 1.28 against Portsmouth 2.54, they won that game. The South End game's a little bit different because South End are, um, for want of a better word, utter cack. Uh, <laughs> so they did dominate uh, South End. Wimbledon, uh, not Wimbledon, that's them. Orient in the, the Trade trophy, you probably take that out as well. But then you start looking back at their league games. They beat Rochdale 3 2. Their XG that day was. Uh, and Rochdale's was 2.41. So they won 3-2. They should have lost 2 or 3-1. Against Peterborough, 0.26 to 3.4. Against Bristol Rovers, 0.96 to 1.07. Against Coventry, 0.92 to 1.63. What you're talking about here is a team that just don't create chances, but have been getting the rub of the green. Mm. Now, there could be a couple of explanations for that. Wally Downs has obviously been... um, Gambling with his career and has unfortunately lost, if you'll pardon the pun. Oh, dear, um, but Gary. He, Oh, dear. He, he's gone down the Bradley Wood route and and kind of had a couple of flutters and has now been fired by Wimbledon. So, Glenn Hodges has been taken over. So, in to a degree, they've been in transition, which I think could point to one or two of their, their stats. Um, there's also the fact that they play what I would call our our kryptonite. They play 3-5-2 the number of times I've spoken on this podcast about the problems that three five two causes us. Because again, we go back to the Shrewsbury game where you've got three central defenders and two wing backs. If your wing backs are doing the job well, they're dropping back, which means that the gaps between the central defenders and the wing backs are now filled by another central defender. That can become a five uh, a 5-3-2 just as quickly as it's a 3-5-2. Um, it can be quite a defensive formation if it's played in the way Wimbledon and Shrewsbury play. It can be a hell of an attacking formation if it's played with your outside central defenders kind of coming out and filling the gaps because then you, you're almost playing with a, a, a proper five-man midfield. Um, it's going to be really tough in that respect because, you know, we play with wide players. We look to get in those channels. We look to get in those holes. And one of the reasons that we haven't been scoring goals is that teams have plugged the gap. Mm. Um, And that's going to be the case again this weekend, I feel. Uh, Again, we talked about it for Bolton. We talked about it for um, Portsmouth. Under 2.5 goals. Do you know what? You could nearly go under 1.5 goals for this again. Uh, The only thing that we need to really watch out for is a kid they've got up front called Fours, who um, is on loan from uh, Brentford, I believe. Uh, he's a Finnish player. He's a Finnish under 21 international. Uh, he was called up by Finland a couple of weeks ago. Um, uh, and he turned it down because he wanted to stick around and help Wimbledon out. Now, He's been scoring. He's scored quite a few goals recently. He's a real live wire up front. And when you play the 352 5 two, you've got that pair of strikers. So you're looking to hit on the counter. Um, I actually think it's going to work in our favour, having Callum Connolly at the back this week, uh, because I really liked Connolly against Portsmouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you look at some, I've been I've been doing some work on Harry Toffolo, because so I'm doing an article on him, which will be out by the time people listen to this, uh, working around progressive runs. But, Connolly was switching from left to right um, or from right to left, rather, because he played right centre back with real ease. And if you can play that out ball, it's, it's it's really positive, uh, which could help us move from side to side quickly, which will keep Wimbledon on their toes. But also Connolly's got a little bit more pace and, and Wimbledon are going to look to soak up pressure from us and hit us on the break. Um, possession stats will be 60-40 bare minimum to us, uh, but you know it, it all depends on how we break the team down and, and how much positive work Michael Appleton has been able to put in with the strikers this week.
0: Fair enough. I, 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 I've not been anywhere near that as, uh, as in depth as that, which I think uh, you can probably guess from me, but um, I must apologize as well, by the way, it is Halloween. I've put some sweets outside and my front doorbell is continually going. So uh, yes, it's, it's all kinds of fun.
3: Why, Why do they need to do that? If the sweets are outside, they can just take them and move on. That
0: was what I thought, but apparently not. Um, Unless they've run out and I might have to go and restock it at some point, but not just yet because I'm in the middle of a podcast record. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I it, like you say, it's when you look at it, it is one of those games where I just think, yeah, I think like you said many times previously on the pod, it's like, is this a game that we should be winning? Is this a team that we think we should be finishing above come the end of the season? And it's it's one that, you know, obviously um, they've got some well-documented troubles that they've had as you've sort of alluded to with uh, with Wally downs he's, he's now left the club it's it's um i don't know I, I think we should win this one you know as i say on paper but as we as we very well know it's never that easy it's never that straightforward when it comes to do we do it on paper do we do it and you know in reality so i i would expect this one to be as cagey as we predicted um or as we said bolton might be um I'd like to see us come away with three points because it's it's getting to that point where I think if we're starting to look over our shoulders at the bo- at the uh, you know the bottom th- uh, bottom three I-, I don't think we're quite there just yet but I-, I think it's you know if we don't start getting points on the board soon we might well be um I mean yeah I, I-, I don't know it's, uh, I-, I really wish I could go actually um but I've got the in-laws up so I can't but um y- yeah, when you've got, uh, like you say, you've got players that can come off the bench and they've got that uh, they've got that skill and that ability. I think it's just going to be a a really tight and interesting game. So uh, we will see what happens with that one. Couple of
3: couple of things. One, if you can hear the typing in the background, that's not me. That's all to do with the NHS. Um, so <laughs> and now I've, I've now my my partner's covering her mouth as well. I, I, it's only because I know how keen this microphone is that it picked up me. I think I'm doing my fly or something the other week. Um, just going back to to what I was saying about their front two, that they've got a front two that for me is good enough to be at the top end of the table, not the bottom end of the table. I've spoke about this Fours. Uh, and just to give you an an idea of how good he's been. Um, he, uh, he scored eight goals in seven games or vice versa and, um, I think, it's, uh, I think it's eight in seven. Uh, against Burton Albion, he didn't have a shot on target, but they struggled, you know, Wimbledon didn't as a whole. Um but against Southend, four shots, three on target, three goals. Against Rochdale, three shots, one on target, one goal. Against Bristol Rovers, two shots, two on target, one goal. I mean, this kid, when he gets a shot on target, nine times out of ten it goes in. Um real live wire. But they've got another lad called Joe Piggott. Now Piggott um was at Maidstone quite a while ago. I I actually didn't realise that he was in their first team at the moment because he's not scoring as many goals, but he hit quite a few last year, it was probably the reason they stayed up. He was the guy that replaced Lyle Taylor when Taylor moved oh, yeah, to yeah. Um, Charlton. They're a really good centre forward pairing. I tell you something, either of these boys um would no, I'm not gonna say do the job of Tyler Walker, but either of these boys in our setup would score goals. Um it, that's a worry for me. It is a mm. concern. I think we've defended really well in recent games. thought we defended well against Sunderland. I thought we defended well against Shrewsbury. Not that we really had to. Um, Portsmouth, you know, one lucky bounce in the area has got them their goal. But other than that, I thought we defended really well. Uh, but it, it does just worry me because if, if this team, let's say Wimbledon get a lucky bounce or they, they get an effort off 20 minutes in and, and it's 1-0, they're just going to go five at the back, banker three in front of that. We're going to have eight players to try and break down. And the more we push forward, the more likely they are to pump it onto Piggott's head for fours to run onto. So, it's um, I I went. I don't know if you went to the FA Cup tie uh, a couple of years ago when we went down there. Horrible ground to play at. Um, it's Kingstonian's old ground, isn't it? And it, it feels like it feels like a non-league ground. Um, mm. Nice people. Do you know what I mean? Really nice. But it, it's all branded sort of Chelsea ladies uh, rather than rather than AFC Wimbledon. Uh, they're a club in transition, I think, as well. Are they at their natural level? Probably not. They're probably yeah. a fourth division side. Um, but they've got pulling power. And that, that's one thing that I always say. You know, people say about Lincoln, why aren't we signing this player? Why aren't we signing that player? But you've got to bear in mind, for a London club you can go to qpr you can go to charlton anywhere like that and you can pick up good talented youngsters on loan who only have to get the tube to the training session and can still report into their club we can't we can't tap into that mm. um, you know it's it's the reason wickham have got this investment from from rob cohig because wickham's a nice easy train drive you know you, you land at heathrow you can be in wickham pretty quickly clubs in and around london do get not a hand up, but they, you know, they do have an advantage. It's why Barnett keep bouncing back. Yeah. Because when these clubs, when teams like, Brentford and, and, and even Arsenal and, and teams like that release young players. Where do these young players going to go? They're, they've not got a lot of brass in their pocket. You're not going to find them going up to Sunderland or something like that. They're going to stay in the capital. And, and that's, I think that's one of Wimbledon's big strengths is that they can draw on that. You know, I think Falls, I think he's on loan from Brentford. I'd, I'd stand corrected if that's not the case. Would we be able to loan a striker of his quality? Yes, because we've got Tyler Walker from Nottingham Forest. But do you know what I mean? We've had to go locally as well, and we're yeah. restricted. We go to Forest. Where else do we go? We can't go to Peterborough. We can't go to, you know, maybe end up going to Hull, but we don't seem to have had many loans off them in recent years. So, yeah, best of look to them. Personally, after this game, if I had to pick a team in League One that I would like to stay up and I would like to do well, it would always be AFC Wimbledon. I've got this little soft spot for them. Um when we went down, it was them that replaced us because we, you know, they finished, they came up through the playoffs. We finished second from bottom and went down. So technically, I always, you know, I think that they replaced us. Um, and I, yeah, I, I've got a soft spot for them. I won't have for 90 minutes on Saturday, um, but I, I, you know, I, I respect what they do as a team on the budget that they, they've got.
0: Yeah. No, that's, that's absolutely, yeah, bang on. I think uh, pretty much in the same boat that you're on that one. Like they, they are i think as well with with obviously the um the the history side of it and the other team that are in the league that refuse to uh, acknowledge their presence <laughs> whenever they whenever they show up at the ground i think it's uh, it adds a little bit of colour to it all doesn't it and it's um it's an interesting uh, interesting scenario that uh, hopefully i mean we i doubt we'd ever find ourselves in that position but it's it's definitely one that uh, always adds a bit of spice to the league whenever they, they whenever they show up and play each other. So, um, right, well, I mean, I know we we tend to argue about whether we're going to do any score predictions or anything like that. I mean, do, do you reckon we should this week or no, 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 no? Okay, i'd I'd like to see us take a win in this one. I'd like to see it. I'd like again. to see us
3: take a win every week, Ben. Well, yeah, you know
0: what I mean. Um, it's yeah. I, I think uh, similar to what I predicted last week. I think it's going to be a tight and, and you know slightly edgy game. I think we might just nick it, but uh, we will have to see. But um, while we while we sort of ponder what's going to happen uh, against Wimbledon, you got to chat to the boss this week, didn't you?
3: I did. Yes, um, very kindly set up by uh, by Mr. Scully. I, when uh, Michael first joined, uh, I messaged Liam and just said, "Look, can I can I get five minutes with him once he's settled, just to introduce myself, the blog, the podcast, all that sort of stuff? You know, let him know what I do, um, and and hopefully build a relationship as a member of alternative media. I don't get to go to all the press conferences. Simple reason." they're live on the internet and it's, you know, it's an hour and hour and a half hour and three quarter round trip for me. And now that they're filming them in the morning at the ground, it's even worse because if I wanted to get into the middle of Lincoln at half eight, I would probably need to leave here before seven so that, you know, you're talking time-wise it's, it's, it's not feasible. Um, but I would like to you know build a relationship with him in 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 some respects so that occasionally I can pick up the phone if i feel that I need to or or whatever um and so yeah i was I was invited down uh to the to the training ground um after training so players were all filtering out as i filtered in uh, happy to report that at the moment the rumor doing the rounds about one of our players being sacked isn't true and if you haven't heard it i'm not going to give it any more legs than that because some of the
2: stuff i'm hearing at the moment is ridiculous
3: oh i've not um, heard that one I'll no talk. we'll talk we'll talk about it off air cuz it's, yeah. it's i'm not giving it any more airtime <laughs> um, Yeah, so when got sat in his office, he made me a cup of tea. Makes a nice brew as well. I'll give him that proper sugar and you know just the right amount of sugars. So offered me a chocolate club, uh, an orange club, which I kind of wish I'd taken now because I've had a yearning for one ever since. (laughs) Um, Hint, hint at fee next to me, Um, and and we chatted. Now look, you know, for twenty minutes, I'm not going to go into the things that we chatted about because not in any great depth. Um, Yeah, we talked about. The squad, the situation he feels he's in, you know, one or two things that he's had to change, a a bit of off-the-record stuff, which it would be massively remiss of me to to share on here, Um, because you know that's obviously not how it works. Mm. I I think what I can safely say is, um, he's under no illusions of the the size of the task in hand, and I think perhaps you know we mentioned on the pod last week that, that quite a few were. I certainly didn't think when. The former manager left that we were in particularly dire straits, but I think if you look in terms of longevity, there was clouds on the horizon because you look at the number of players that are going to be out of contract. You know, all of our legs, all of our excitement is 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 on loan in in the likes of Joe Morrell. You've got um, Tyler Walker, you know, who's quite quite significant. Okay. Bruno's out of contract. I think at the end of the year, Harry Toffolo's out of contract at the end of the year. So then you're starting to think, well, what do we have? We have Jack Payne, fair enough. We have George Grant, um, Harry Anderson. John O'Kindy's out of contract at the end of the year. Michael O'Connor is out of contract. It looks worrying in in a long term respect. Yeah. Um, you do wonder if maybe you know the, the previous manager had that in mind when when the uh, the opportunities started coming up. Um, not criticising the squad that we have in terms of the age, because last year we did incredibly well on it, uh, lifted the first title in our lifetimes. Um, but but there is a task to be done. Um, Michael certainly strikes me as somebody who knows exactly the type of player that he wants to bring into the football club. And um, he told me about two players that he brought in when he first signed for Oxford. One of them was Alex McDonald, who Alex McDonald, um, I think he was at Mansfield, and he's probably best described as a horrible little bastard. Uh, but <laughs> perhaps, you know, perhaps that's the type of player that, that Michael wants to see. For the last couple of years, what we've needed is, you know, we needed a team that fight for each other. But have we had that? That kind of agitator. Bozzy, is he an agitator? No, he's, he's as hard as nails, and you know, you wouldn't want to go into a tackle with him. But is he a player that's going to get under his own players' skins? Do you know what I mean? Is he a player that's going to going to rile his own players up, push them on yeah. a little bit longer? You know, are we are we too nice? Is the question? Were we too nice last year when we you know drew two two with Stevenage and things like that? So, you know, th- these are things that I think that, that the manager is more than aware of. But yeah, I think January will be. I'm not going to say exciting. I'm going to say interesting. Okay. Um, I don't think we will be making signings in January with the long term in mind. I I think the majority, this is just the impression I get. It's not what I've been told, but I would imagine that in January, any signings will be to bolster this squad Dare I say to make sure we stay in the division? I don't think we're, we're in a relegation battle. Um, a couple more games without points, and we will be. So, dare I say that any moves will be, in my opinion, to, to bolster and to stay in the division before the before the next phase really starts. This is now a transitional season, I, you know, and I, I think Michael Abbot probably agrees with that. Um, we spoke candidly about some of the jobs he'd been linked with in the past uh again i won't go into it too much but there was certainly a, a relatively high profile job that he was offered that that he he didn't take uh and i think it's quite interesting to listen to the reasons that he took this job and you know i think danny spoke about it quite a bit that you work you pick your chairman not your club and i think with with michael it's a similar sort of thing he's picked the people as much as as the club yeah um so I think that's very interesting. And then obviously we, we did some on on the record stuff, which you can still read on the blog. Um, you know, it's not groundbreaking investigative journalism that's going to win the Pulitzer Prize, uh, but it, it does give an, a little bit of a, uh, an insight into the way that he thinks. Um, I get the impression there's a lot changing behind the scenes. You know, Tom Pett talked about new and exciting training drills. Um, Michael spoke about certain things that he would he he's tweaked behind the scenes i think we've all seen in press conferences he's far more open about injuries and where people are in terms of um, coming back and you know our previous manager was not our previous manager was very much you know i'm not telling you who's coming back i don't talk about injuries it was very very coy um if i was yeah. to if i was to not compare the two but in terms of personalities i i always felt uh at ease with Danny, but I always felt that, you know, when the official stuff started, when he was in the press conferences, I thought every word was very planned. Um, you yeah, know, with, with Michael, I got a little bit of a different impression with me. Um, there was, I wouldn't say Danny put up barriers, but there was less barriers with Michael. I think, you know, it was very relaxed. It was almost like there was an instant trust there, which I, you know, normally you, you kind of have to build up a little bit. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, he wasn't afraid to swear, for instance. And I know that sounds really stupid, but I never heard Danny swear. Ever. Yeah. Not to me. Not do you know what I mean? And and so yeah, there's there's definitely subtle differences between the two. Um I it's gonna be very interesting. I, I, it's hard, I think, and, and you'll probably agree, it's hard as a fan to accept that the the ride that we've been on is over. You want this just to be like like you're at Alton Towers and you've just got on Rita and we've just gone back to the back of the queue and this is a new ride. It's not.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's almost like a hangover, Gary.
3: I'm not even going to, you know, but my (laughs) analogy is finished. It's (laughs) it's finished. It's been and it's gone. Your analogy would still be going on now. So, but I I like the fact that I've been talking for a while and we needed to hear your voice. People might've just thought that it was me. So (laughs) quite, quite pleased about that, Ben. Thank you. Um, so, though no, that was it, really. Do you know what? It was. Uh, it was nice to meet him. He's definitely a nice guy. Uh, he's definitely got a clear indication of what he wants to do and where he wants to go. He's definitely going to be making significant changes uh, around the training ground in terms of the, the, the day-to-day activities and the way that he is with the players.
0: Mm-hmm. And
3: he's been a success before, so there's no reason to think he won't be a success again. Uh, I, I you know, if I'm being brutally honest, I think a lot of the appointment was about the person. I think some of the appointment from a board point of view was about the fact that the Michael will now have money to spend in January that, that our mm. previous management wouldn't. I think it's been canny from our board. Um you know we spoke. I, I spoke about saying that I would have liked to have seen Gareth Ainsworth come in. That that yeah, you know, I would have liked that. Obviously, Gareth's going nowhere. i probably turned down Sunderland as well. Um, mm-hmm. I'm certainly not disappointed with Michael. You know, when you, you when you first heard Steve Tilson talk after a game, and you thought, yeah, "I wanted this guy," but he sounds as thick as mints. I didn't get. <laughs> I didn't get that with Michael Appleton. You know, I came yeah. away from it positive. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, every time he's, every time I've heard him speak, he's always been, like you say, he's been very open and he's been like very honest with it. And he, he's, he's to the point. He's, he's not, um, he won't sort of mince his words. He won't sit there and try and find seven different ways to say the same thing. It will sort of say, right, this is what's happened and this is where we are now. And we'll move on and, and get on with it. I think it's, it's what's needed. And I think when you've said, just going back to when you were saying about, you know, when, when Danny was doing the, um, the the official stuff it did always seem to be that there were it, it it was kind of like um i don't know if you're familiar with with curb your enthusiasm no um basically it's, it's kind of like they've got a start point and an end point like they've got a starting line and an ending line and then they have to kind of improvise a scene in the middle and it, it sort of felt like danny had that where he had um a phrase that he wanted to say, then another phrase that he wanted to say, then something that he wanted to end the interview with. And kind of in the middle, he would, he would work around that and, and answer the questions as they came. And it was, you know, don't get me wrong. It was never, it never felt fake. It always felt very honest, but he definitely seemed to have those key phrases that he liked to get into every single interview that he did after a game. Um, But I, like you say, I I don't really feel like that uh, with, with Michael Appleton. So, Think, yes, I think,
3: I think the reason behind that. I think Danny bought in, and I'll say Danny. This whole previous manager thing, this whole the who not be named. It's it's all bollocks. I think um, I think Danny always managed the press. I think he always knew the messages he wanted to get out, and I think he had a very good way of making sure that certain messages were, were kind of heavily suppressed. And so then when we got the whole pitch incident um, incident against Carlisle, everyone was kind of like, <sighs> because we got to see Danny Cowley. We didn't get to, you know, he was very good at making sure that the image that was put out there was the image that he wanted. And I think when he did let the guard down at times, there was, there was a different personality bubbling under there. Um, and also, you know, he was very uh, clever at playing people in terms of, when He would say things like, I know our fans are a clever bunch and they'll understand that us playing this amount of games in this amount of days will have an effect. So, do you know what I mean? It was very clever psychology yeah. there. I think with Michael, I'm, I, I don't I think he's probably just more wanting to get a message out there to the press. And like this thing with the injuries, it's you know, it, a saying that my dad always likes is, 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 is as long as it's broad. If you're hiding who's injured and who's not, you could have a surprise on a Saturday for the opposition. And that was what Danny always thought. Never let the opposition know what you're going to be doing until the day that you get there. Whereas I think with Michael, he's more that, if Michael Boswick's going to be backing in the side, he wants the opposition to know that because he wants their striker to be thinking, Jesus Christ, I've got to come up against that guy that rips phone books with his bare hands apart. Do you know what I mean? So he wants people to be aware of the threat so that they're worrying. So it's, it's different approaches, and did we expect anything else? Probably not, because every manager is different. Um, I mean, you know, even Tilson and Sutton were different; they were both arseholes, but they had different methods and different different styles. And I think, yeah, you know, M- Michael Appleton has to be judged. Firstly, in May, in has he has he consolidated in this league? He's not afraid to use the word consolidate. He doesn't Mm. see consolidation as standing still. And Danny obviously wanted his trajectory to continue. And I think towards the end of Danny's reign, what we saw was, you know, he knew where he was going and that was fair enough. I'm not criticizing um, Danny Cowley for that. He did know where he was going and he's there now in the championship and who, the way they're, they're playing, they might be back in the Premier League. And, you know, as a football club, our progression couldn't couldn't match that. We th- we had to hit that glass ceiling, and we hit that glass ceiling. And mm. Danny is now gone, but what the guy that we brought in sees that we, me, and him didn't really mention Danny by name at all in the interview. Or, or speaking off the record at all, it was alluded into in certain parts, but and that was from my part out of respect because I didn't want to be one of those dribbling dickheads that goes in and goes, "So, uh, how do you feel about replacing Dunning Cowley?" Do you know what I mean? Ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> and and I think for him, it's look, I've I've been in his position, not as Lincoln manager, but I've when I manage builders merchants, you go into a builders merchant that's been massively successful, and the other manager's gone on. And you've, you've got to change something. You've got yeah. to go in. You've, you've got to make it your own. Whatever made you the success to get to that point, you implement. You can't be another man. And, and Michael Appleton, yeah. I'm, I'm delighted to say, isn't trying. Now, whether that works or whether it doesn't, is by the by, but he's not trying to be somebody else. He's not trying to be a poorly constructed version of Danny Cowley. He's trying to be the best version of Michael Appleton. And I think we can all respect that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's that's. It's really good that you've said that, and it, it's sort of, it's um, not not necessarily put my mind at ease because I didn't really have any fears or, or worries going into it with, you know, with with what I've seen of him so far. But it, it definitely, it should reassure a lot of people that you know he isn't trying to be something that he's not, and you know what he is personally. I I think at the minute. It, it seems like he is the right person to take the club forward um, in, you know, in everything that I've seen so far, he seems to be um, confident in his abilities and he seems to be, uh, he seems like he's, he's really got an idea of what he wants to do. Like you say, he knows the kind of players that he needs to buy he knows the kind of uh, the, the people that he needs to bring into the club. And I think um, it's going to be a, a really Well, hopefully it's going to be a a long and uh, prosperous relationship between ourselves and uh, and Michael Appleton. There's there's two
3: things. One, he's got to start winning football games because otherwise all the good intentions, all the nice football, all the right attitude, all that sort of stuff, doesn't matter if you're not picking up points. And two, I think a lot of uh, how fans will react in the longer term is going to come from some big decisions he's got to make in January about new contracts, about Mm -hmm. loan players. Um, because you, look at it this way. Let's say we go into January in 17th place. Okay. So we, we need to finish 20th or above. We go in in 17th place and he doesn't offer Jason Shackle a new deal. He doesn't offer Bruno a new deal. And you know, agents being agents, the agent, oh, agent ties up a move for, for Bruno. So then we've got six months of a player with one eye at somewhere else. I'm not saying Bruno would do that. This is this is conjecture. I'm not pointing a finger at certain players. But if you are go into mm-hmm. the final six months of a season with players who know that their contract's coming to an end or who know that they're going to get a big move at the end of it, you know, that can affect the way that the team plays. And yeah. I I just think it's it's such a delicate situation that he's got on his hands. In my opinion, it's yeah, it's almost like he's he's been handed these these precious crown jewels, but, you know, they're cracked and one false move and the, the jewel falls out. And, do you know what I mean? He's got to be so careful with how he handles it. Because um, you know, players like Harry Toffolo, you know, in my opinion, we need to get Harry Toffolo signed up on a deal because anything that we do going forward, Harry Toffolo is going to be good enough to play in it. And then you, mm. you look at, you know, is there any potential of signing Joe Morrell on a, on a permanent deal? Possibly, possibly not. He's He's probably the one... It's on a nice edge in terms of loans because yeah. you know, Bristol City at the moment don't look like they're going to be putting him in their first team. Um, so who knows? We can't sign Tyler Walker because we haven't got a million or £1.5 million. We won't sign Jake Hesketh because at the minute he hasn't done enough for warrant being signed. We won't sign Callum Connolly because you know Everton will probably want him in the championship at the beginning of next season. So you know, there's an awful, awful lot for, for Michael Appleton to do. Honestly, shout! I wouldn't want to be him. He's, you know, he's taken on a big, big job here. But when you consider some of the jobs that he was linked with, you know, he was linked with the West Brom job. He was linked with the Hibernian job. I think he was even linked with the Sunderland job at one point before Jack Ross got it. Talking about a man that that has turned down moves and that has been linked with big moves, and yet he's chosen to take this job. So we haven't got this this joker who's come in who's been on a downward trajectory and gone Lincoln will be good for me. We've got a man who has been in demand, who coaches. And and that's the other thing that came out of my meeting with him, kind of, and I know we're dragging on a little bit here. Um, but he seems really, really keen to get players and add value. And it, yeah. he, sees, he sees the need for us to have younger players. I think we all do. But he understands that, and this is kind of the same philosophy that Danny had, I think, at the beginning of the season. He knows that he's got to sign players who will then accrue value and move on. And that's the reality of the situation. And you look at Kamaru for Oxford. He did exactly that. He brought Ruth in. It was a punt. I think he paid a bit of cash for him. So he took a risk, but he turned him around and pumped him out for two, two and a half million pounds. And that sort Mm. of move takes you from a team in 17th and 18th to a team in ninth or 10th. And um, it's going to be interesting. I'm not saying I'm excited I am. Yeah, I'm always excited for the future. I'm not saying I don't have worries because, of course, I have worries. You know, I know everybody's Mm -hmm. saying, "Oh, I'm not worried about this or that." Yeah, you've got to be a little bit, a little bit, because of the change and because of the run that we're on. There's got to be a little bit of concern. Um, But it's, yeah, it's going to be an interesting six months. I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm, um, I'm looking forward to it. Let's let's just put it that way. I think it's going to be an interesting, like you say, interesting. Run to the end of the season, um, but hopefully uh, we can uh, we can weather the storms that are coming up. Uh, we can keep hold of everybody that we need to keep hold of, and uh, hopefully we'll be fine going forward. So, is there anything that you need to plug this week? Because I think that's probably about time to wrap up.
3: No, not really. Just congratulations to Shane Wakefield. I um, did the, the the patrons of the um, blog. Uh, enter into a draw uh, to win. Imps merchandise, so it could be copies of my book. It can be kind of old programs, club shop vouchers, kind of get a choice. And and Shane was the first one out of the hat, so he's the first winner of that. Don't know what he's going to take. I do remember posting out most of my books to him, so it's likely that he's he's not going to want another copy. <laughs> uh, but if you do have one copy and it's looking dog-eared, you can buy a new one on Amazon. So, you know, Think about that. Christmas is coming up as well. And I heard uh, not a lot of people bought my 2018-19 season review because I put it out and didn't promote it uh, just because, you know, I'm always bloody promoting something. Uh, That would make a great Christmas present for anyone, you know, even your dog. Be a bit disappointed when he opened it and realized it didn't smell of bacon. You could put a slice of ham on the inside front cover so that he thinks it's chewable. So, uh, if you want, I'll even sell you the ham.
0: So, I was going to say, it sounds like you're speaking from experience with Charlie. No,
3: God, no, no. Charlie wouldn't chew anything (laughs) like that at all, although he does like ham.
0: Oh, okay. Fair enough. Um, Cool. Well, I uh, the only thing I've got to plug this week, because it's the only thing really that I've been working on for the past two and a bit of weeks, um, if you go to nextgenbase.com or youtube.com slash nextgenbase, um, there's a review of Death Stranding, which is a, a PS4 game that's coming out next Friday. And it's taken me an awful lot of time to put the review together. So I'd really appreciate it if somebody, if, you know, if, if anyone that's listening that likes games could just go and give it a click and a watch. Uh, I think the video is about 10 minutes long. So that's. Uh, yeah it's a very good game i absolutely loved it and it's just utterly bizarre um but that's what you'd expect from the man that produced it which is the same guy who made metal gear solid so there we go okay. um know. that's it that's all i wanted to to promote this week because as i said it, literally my life has been that game and sleep um, sounds like a great life and oh yeah well and work as yeah. well is, yeah um and I should probably apologize as well. We should have said this at the top of the show, but the reason it's come out on Friday is cuz I was away doing gaming stuff again this week. I got to go to a um got to go to an abandoned prison in Oakham and uh shoot people with airsoft guns because I was uh, there for an event for a sniper game that's coming out soon. So that was good My fun. My brother
3: used to work at a prison near Oakham. Did you? No, I didn't. My brother. Oh. Yeah. Not an abandoned one though. Otherwise it'd be pretty lonely, wouldn't it? <laughs>
0: it's uh it's it, yeah it's really good actually really good cool. fun but, uh, we'll,
3: obviously me and you still need we need to have a game on fifa now that my ultimate team is beginning to rock um well i i have it on pc so uh, pc we'll get it on playstation honestly PC game. Uh, and obviously yeah. I'll, I'll just issue an apology for the constant clicking and keyboarding in the background she's not actually working either <laughs> she's looking at chairs <laughs> honestly she is. she's looking at chairs i can see now there's a black chair she's looking at chairs Expensive ones as well. Show me one earlier that, that costs three grand, three thousand pounds. Three
0: three thousand pounds for, for a, a chair. chair?
3: We're in the wrong business.
0: Bloody hell! Tell me about it. I'd, I'd expect things that I can't mention on this podcast for for, for a three grand chair. What? But, uh, anyway. Did I tell you
3: something? That chair, well, that chair wants to be pretty special. And apparently, because I, I I think that for three grand, I want a chair that's got like a fridge in the arms and speakers in the head and that. But apparently, that's crap. Well, yeah. What? Yeah. No, it's it not. Is, yeah.
0: No, these... I think she's, she's she's got the L and the R mixed up in the word class.
3: Yeah, I know. They are class. The Joey Tribbiani recliner chair. That's what you want. <laughs> but no, 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 no. You've got to have chairs that are the right shape and the right colour with little wooden legs. Oh, dear. Anyway. Well, so, anyway. That's, that's more chair talk we're gonna than leave. I ever thought I would get in my life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're going to head off now, guys, but thank you for joining us. Um, we will... Well, I was going to say we'll see you at the bank, but we won't because we're not there for seven bloody weeks. We'll, we'll um, talk to you
3: next week on whatever day Ben feels that he feels he can record, you know, when he hasn't got something better planned. We'll speak to you the day after yeah, that. Yeah, I
0: think, to be fair, I think it probably will be Thursday next week because I think I might just sleep for the rest of the week. Mm. Uh, wow. But yeah, anyway, we'll see you next Thursday. All right, thank guys. All. Take Goodbye. care.